Recently, I received a letter from a man in the Philippines who said he was a pastor. And at the bottom of the letter, he signed his name Reverend. I told him immediately, you shouldn't do this. There's only one time in the Bible the word reverend is used, and it's not used to identify any human. The one time the word reverend is used in the Bible is in Psalm 118, holy and reverend is God's name. In the Bible, the ministers are called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. They were given to the church by Jesus from heaven. When Jesus arose, the New Testament church was established by Jesus from heaven. Ephesians chapter 4, he gave gifts to the church. Ephesians 4, 11, Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Those are the ministries given by Jesus. There are no such things in the Bible as Pope, Archbishop, Cardinals. There's no line of progression like you work yourself up to be an apostle. I received a letter one time from a man that said he was a pastor, but he hoped to be an apostle. That's impossible. That's, that's just impossible. You are appointed from heaven by Jesus into these offices. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You don't start in one office and then switch to another office. This is an appointment for life from heaven. I guess you could be turned over to a reprobate mind if you didn't care to keep God in front of you. But basically, you don't earn these appointments. You don't earn these offices. God teaches you how to perform these offices. You don't go to college to learn how to be an apostle. God teaches you, or a prophet, or an evangelist, or a pastor, or a teacher. Now, this same man that wrote to me saying he was Reverend so-and-so, I gave him scriptures and counsel on this subject. And then he told me, well, we call ourselves reverend, and the young men that work with me call themselves reverend because we went to the Bible college, and they are the ones who told us to call ourselves reverend. God said to me, but you didn't do that. And I really hadn't thought much about this subject, but I didn't do that. The first time anyone ever even mentioned it, really the only time anyone ever even mentioned it to me, was in approximately 1980. I had gone on radio. A woman came to me and said, I'm a fan. And then as we talked, she asked this question. 
what do we call you? Reverend? I was shocked. I said, oh, no, don't call me that. See, I didn't have any real way of knowing this. God put it into my heart. I knew it was wrong. Now, why don't these men know it's wrong? Why don't those Catholic people, why don't those Catholic men who say they're popes and cardinals and archbishops and such, why, why do they say that? It's not in the Bible. Why do these men all over, in all forms of churches, call themselves reverend? Why is this? Why do they do this? The difference is I have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, that is teaches me and they don't. You may find that shocking. They're of the beast, the mark of the beast. Here's a scripture that God gave to me about them. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the beast, the dragon, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We do not worship the beast because we're of God. They worship the beast right now because they're not of God. And oh, how much they glorify themselves as they worship the dragon and the beast. We are horrified at the idea of glorifying ourselves as servants of God. That's the difference between this man who called himself reverend and all those men who went to the Bible college who were told to call themselves reverend that now they could do this, and me. Because I couldn't do it. It reminds me of a story that my housekeeper told me. She, she's a Catholic woman. And she had been taught by the Catholic Church not to read the Bible, so she doesn't have much Bible in her. But she told me the strangest thing happened. A priest came to take over the church she was in. And she said, I don't know what happened, but I could not call that man father. And she said, there was never any rumor about him. There was never any um, story about him to cause me to think I couldn't do this. I just couldn't do it. I thought that was an astounding story. How is it that one person can do these things and another cannot? Because one belongs to God and the other one does not. And God puts it in our heart without our even thinking about it that we cannot do this. Whereas they who worship the beast and take on the mark of the beast delight in doing these things. So when you see one of them, this is what you're seeing. 
You are seeing a man or a woman who comes in the name of Jesus, saying Jesus is Lord, saying they are ministers of God, calling themselves reverend. It's the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship the beast and the dragon. They shall worship him. Unless their names are written in the book of life. Is basically what that's saying. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then in verse 9 it says, If any man have an ear to hear, let him hear. That's rather interesting to me since I'm speaking this type of message to you. If you have an ear to hear what I am saying, let him hear. The Bible is the only manual that we have for living on this earth. The examples in the Bible show us what to do, and they also show us what not to do. When you take the epistles of Paul and Peter, and you look at those epistles, you will find exactly how they identified themselves. At no place does any human in the Bible call himself reverend or pope or archbishop or cardinal or vicar, which the English use. It's all the mark of the beast. Peter, in writing to the church, 1 Peter chapter 1, he identified himself to the church. So they would know who he was and how he fit into the body of Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Second Peter, in writing to the church, Peter says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul said, to us, the church, in this epistle written to the Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, 
Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith. We have specific assignments in those offices. Apostles are going to speak a lot about church doctrine and try to get churches to turn back to the doctrine of the Bible. For many of them have left the doctrine of the Bible. And even during Paul's life, he said that they were just waiting till he died or till he left to take over and speak perversions to the church at Ephesus. Paul in Acts 20 was speaking to the church at Ephesus, the elders, and he warned them, among you today, there are those just waiting for their opportunity to take over and bring perverse doctrines into the church. That's in Acts 20. As long as Paul was there, they couldn't do it. But Paul knew when he left them they would see his face no more. And he told them that. And he warned them about the false ones that were sitting in the midst of them that day at the Ephesus when the elders met. We'll read that. Acts chapter 20. Verse 25. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Right there among the elders of the church at Ephesus, as Paul spoke to them, he says, Also of your own selves 
shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. It was all just waiting for them to take over Antichrist coming into the churches, even at the time of Paul, even at the time of John. John said there were already many Antichrists in the churches. Many Antichrists. That's in 1 John 2, verse 18. There were already many Antichrists. That's when Paul and Peter and John lived upon the earth. 2,000 years later, it's rampant in the churches. Doctrine is so perverted that really, which one of us has ever seen the gathering of the church as described by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26? How is it then, brethren, when you come together as the church, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. They were free to speak as God led them by the Holy Ghost. At one church that I attended, the Bible teacher would always say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? We were free at that moment in the meeting to present anything God had given us. He opened the door at the meeting for the Holy Spirit to speak as God willed. That's what the gathering of the church is supposed to be. I've never seen it in a church service. The only time I have ever experienced it was in that one Sunday morning Bible class that met before the 11 o'clock service. Long ago on Wednesday nights, they used to have testimonies. And that would have been similar to the instructions Paul gave for the church for the gathering of the church because the people that attended those services were free to give testimonies as to what God had done in their lives. We don't see anything like that today in the churches because Antichrist has taken over, has changed everything to suit himself, has departed from the instructions of the Bible and set up something totally different. But we who are of God know something's wrong and we won't go along with it because in our hearts it has been planted that this is wrong. God has planted it in our hearts and that's the reason I could not go along with being called reverend. This same pastor wrote to me, oh, probably about four or five times before I stopped it. And toward the end, he wanted to call me Mama. I've had another pastor from the Philippines do exactly the same thing, and I would not permit that either. 
We live in truth, not fantasy. We have in us the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth. The devil is a liar and there is no truth in him. And they come to us pretending truth, but they don't really have it because the truth is just not in them because the Spirit of God is not in them. They have some type of religious spirit that propels them into the churches. We who are of God have the spirit of truth in us. And the spirit of truth will not permit it. We may be like that Catholic woman who said she didn't know why. She just couldn't call that priest father. And she wouldn't do it. We may not have it in black and white as to why we can't go along with that preacher or why we can't go along with that person who seems to be religious. We may not have it concretely in us. The devil will often tell us that we're wrong, but God won't let us do it. You're really of God when that's the case. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.